Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Happy Monday, baddies. I hope that you're starting your week off with softness and ease. We have some very exciting news. For anyone in the New York or New Jersey area, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we're hosting our very first in-person event of the year in Brooklyn, New York, this Thursday, May 26th, called The Living Room by Sadie Baddies, and sponsored by our good friends over at Geneva, which is our community platform app. We're beyond excited to host this event because as much as we love and appreciate the beautiful and thriving digital community that is Sadie Baddies, nothing beats in-person connection and experiences. We've been craving that human connection and intimacy that comes from having real, honest dialogue and diving deeper into all of the meaningful moments that we can create together. We envision this experience being like the comfort you get when visiting a loved one's home, chatting in their living room for a few hours, and leaving feeling nourished and connected. Tickets are on sale now, so you can register using the link in our show notes. I cannot wait to see you all there. So this week's episode is all about making your home a sanctuary and creating soft spaces within. I think we sometimes underestimate the influence that our home and environment can have on our mental and emotional well-being. I actually spoke about this very topic. I spoke about this uh, topic to apartment therapy last year, and as I was reflecting, I thought about how many times I've felt restless, uncomfortable, and like a stranger in my own home at times. So... A little bit about me, I have lived in New York for over 10 years now, and I moved here at the age of 18 years old for college, and I pretty much stayed here ever since, just minus a couple summers here and there in New Jersey, but for the most part, I have been living in New York for a decade. And throughout those years, I've had various roommates, I've moved several times, I've lived in three out of the five boroughs in New York. And I've redesigned my my various homes to reflect what I desired most and what I was craving most, which was softness and comfort. So I have had examples of, you know, living in an environment that didn't always foster the best space for my mental health while living in New York. If you have lived in New York or currently do live in New York, you know that sometimes Finding the right apartment can be really hard. I have definitely had challenges in the past finding my my right fit or finding an apartment that felt like home. And honestly, it wasn't until I moved in last year with my with my man and we created a home together here in Harlem. Um, before that, I really struggled to feel at home and feel super comfortable in my space. And ironically, Sadie Baddies became an outlet for me because I didn't feel comfortable in my home and I, you know, had roommates and I had, I was living in neighborhoods that didn't always make me feel at ease or the most comfortable. I really struggled to find that sanctuary in a physical space. So Sadie Baddies literally became my digital sanctuary and it became a digital sanctuary for a lot of people. I had a lot of challenges trying to make a temporary home feel 
like a permanent home and I have made an effort to sustain my internal sanctuary so now I want to share how I have been able to create that space for myself externally as well. So there are three main areas that I've picked up on when making your home a sanctuary. So number one is routine. So that includes picking a day of the week to clean, restocking, organizing, figuring out your morning routine. These are all parts of what I would classify under routine. And then you have the second area, which is proof of life. So that these are little things in your home that remind you that you are a human being and that you're alive. So this includes having plants in your home. This includes having fresh flowers if you're into that. And also this includes having um, family members and also even your pets. Anything that is a proof of life and reminds you that you're not alone is really important to have in your home. And last but not least is connection. So hosting, for your loved ones, um, having a connection, not just with others, but with yourself. So I also include grounding techniques in, in this category. I'll elaborate on that later. And also relaxing. So connecting back to yourself and making your home as soft and cozy as possible. So first, let's talk about routines. So I have learned to create more of a ritual behind um, my creating my home space and making it as comfortable as possible. A ritual has a little bit more intention behind just something that is a routine or something that you do every day. But my ritual of cleaning has really helped me to shift and look at my space as a container for, for energy. And this ritual of cleaning that I do now also allows me to bring in new energy. So my partner and I, we have a day of the week that we like to clean together. And typically that's Sundays. And instead of it being like this chore that, oh, we have to clean the bathroom, you have to do this and that, I've been looking at it as more of a ritual and a celebration of our home and being able to take care of our home. So taking time to you know pay attention to the spaces that you might have neglected during the week or picking up after um, certain areas that you just might have gotten so busy and forgotten about those are moments where you can kind of stay and be in the present for a bit and also bring in that new energy and make your space what you envision it as so this practice and this ritual has actually helped me to look forward to a new week and after we, you know, both work on cleaning together and making our home clean and as organized as we can, this um, next step that I love to do is to smudge and to use incense specifically to clear out all of the stagnant or old energy that was in our home and clear it out, open the windows dust things off and I really do feel a huge energetic shift after we do that cleaning ritual and then the second routine I want to share is my morning routine so I have been able to create the space in my home and create more intentional moments in each room so obviously I start out with getting out of bed in the morning um, most of the time um, right after make after I get out of bed, I'll make the bed or my partner will make the bed. But regardless, just 
making my bed helps me to register my brain that it's time to wake up. It's time to get the day started because if that bed is left undone, I'm it's going to be hard to not go back into bed and just cancel the whole day. So for me, it helps to make the bed, tidy up, and then I will usually light some incense in the morning, um, set my intention for the day. My intention varies day to day, but I'll set an intention to, you know, maybe be more patient with myself or be more patient with my loved ones, or I will set an intention to Um, tap into my creativity that day whatever it is I try to set an intention as I light the incense and then I'll go moving forward with my morning routine brushing my teeth and then um, putting my contact lenses in and then I'll go right into working out and um, for me that looks like hopping on the peloton sometimes it's doing a Nike training app workout or a peloton workout whatever it is I have gotten into the rhythm of starting my day with some type of routine. And for you, it could look different. I also know that some people don't have as much time in the morning, especially if you are commuting or you have to be in the office. Um, whatever that routine looks like for you, just creating that that system that your brain can kind of rely on really helps. Even when I um, did not work from home, I still, cre- I still had a, the same system. I had the same morning routine um, that allowed me to start my day with intention and not just rush out of bed and go straight to work. So um, in addition to setting those routines is also picking a day to do the mundane things like laundry, um, you know, cleaning, things like that. Having a a set day to execute those things helps you to remove that space that it's taking up in your mind so if you're just thinking about your to-do list constantly and a lot of those to-do lists a lot of the things on those to-do lists are just tasks finding ways to complete those tasks um which does not deplete you energetically i don't i honestly think if you have a service in your neighborhood or you have a cleaning service or a laundry service and you are able to afford that to help you to create more time for yourself and being able to outsource that task is really, really helpful um, because they can be really time consuming. And then lastly, in terms of routines, I also love to do a seasonal reset. So whenever the seasons change um, and being here on the East Coast, we have all four seasons. So spring is here and um, a few weeks ago did a really deep clean of not just the home but also my closet space so i donated a whole bunch of clothes and went through my closet i really examined you know what are the pieces that i'm holding on to what are pieces that i can donate or give away or give to a friend and just doing that that kind of audit of not just the the space that you're in but the items that you possess can really help you to let go of some some dead weight and some old energy because if you're just holding on to these things and they're not really serving you or or doing anything for you they can go elsewhere and you can like I said donate or give them to a friend or sell them online whatever works for you but having that that seasonal reset has really helped me to think about who is the person that I want to embody now you know who I was in the fall or the winter might have been a little bit different than I am now. What are the opportunities that I want to bring into my life? What are what is the energy that I want to embody and invoke? So those are things that I do to help me to 
really embrace the season that I'm in. And I think that having these seasonal resets, whether it includes deep cleaning, um, getting rid of also your digital uh, clutter. You know, if you have old pictures in your camera roll or you just have things in your uh, in your laptop or your phone or any digital item that you have that's just taking up a lot of space it's always a good idea every few months or so and I think the seasons are a great marker of this but having a time to just assess and look at what do I really what am I holding on to is the main theme okay so secondly as I mentioned is proof of life I actually created an Instagram reel about this of the five benefits of plants and having plants. If you know me, you know how much I love my plants. I have a bunch of plants in my home. I am definitely a plant parent. My parents are actually plant parents too. My parents love plants and I think they instilled that love of, you know, having a reminder of nature in your home. Um, Some of the The benefits of having indoor plants include stress reduction, reduced symptoms of depression, stronger memory retention, higher levels of creativity, and improved concentration and focus. So plants, as much as they are just nice to look at and nice to take care of, it's also really, they are really beneficial to our mental and emotional health. So I have realized that I also have this relationship with my plants where If I start to neglect watering my plants or I just haven't been paying as much attention to them because I've been just so preoccupied in my own life, I see how that neglect for caring for them affects them. And it also gives me a moment to slow down and think about what have my my last few days or weeks looked like that I am so preoccupied that I forget you know, to take care of my plants. And it really helps me to stay present when I you know, take time to water them and I see how much they grow. I've had plants for some of the same plants for over five years, um, some longer than that. And I know that that is just by me being consistent and taking care of it. And I know it sounds silly, but it really does. It is it is kind of like a metaphor for how taking care of yourself and taking care of something else and pouring into that will help it to grow. And I am just a huge believer of having plants in your home if you can. Um, Just bringing something, a part of nature into your home is such a great reminder that you're part of this earth and this ecosystem. And of course, other proof of life could include you going to get flowers at Trader Joe's every week. I love doing that myself. Having pets that you take care of and love. I think that these are all ways that we can invite that proof of life into our home. And whether you live by yourself or you live with a roommate or a family member or partner, just having something that is living and breathing in your home is super important. Because sometimes we forget that we are part of an ecosystem. And lastly, for connection and connecting with both others and yourself. So one thing that I've been really grateful that I've been able to do more is hosting and having friends over for dinner or um, just having more hangouts at my home and, you know, having birthdays and events and, and holidays, celebrating those moments in my home has been so rewarding and I really do think that have if your home is one of those places where people 
feel comfortable coming to and they know that they're going to be taken care of and they're going to have a good time that is such a good feeling i was definitely raised in a very hospitable environment my family is definitely that family where you can just literally stop by and my mom will have like a plate of food for you ready Um, my parents are very generous people and i think they really instilled that generosity and that safety in in the home for me which I definitely want to um, maintain and practice in my life. And I, I, I am starting to see that little by little, you know, I think as the weather gets nicer and warmer out, we're going to see more and more people wanting to have small gatherings in their home. And we've been craving that connection. You know, we were robbed of that connection for over two years. So being able to connect with people in a safe way, in a safe environment, has been really, really rejuvenating. Um, also in terms of connection, I think connecting with yourself and connecting with your body, these are some of the, these are some of the things that I love the most about my home. I think now that I, you know, I have space to both sleep, to rest, to play, to cook, to nourish myself, but I also have my own office space which allows me to be multifaceted so I can work out there in my office which I do I can do yoga I can do breath work just there are so many activities that allow me to feel embodied and empowered and having a corner of your home that allows you to do that is is so amazing I know that when I didn't even have Um, the space that I had now and I was subletting or I had roommates I always tried my best to create a safe corner even if it was literally a corner and I just was able to fit just a yoga mat in there and you know that's it whatever it was I always tried my best to optimize my space and I have I've lived in a range of homes where my bedroom was really big and then my bedroom was really small and, you know, medium size and I had a living room or I didn't have a living room. Whatever the case was, I always tried my best to create the safest the safest environment for myself because the reality is that the outside world is not always kind to us. The outside world is not always loving, especially for, for us, you know, black people and people of color I think for a lot of us we want to have a safe space and if we can create that within our homes that is really going to be um, a container for our healing and I know that my home has become a, a container for my healing and as I mentioned some of those practices include cooking as well I think cooking has become something that I really enjoy doing in my home now because I have the space to do it and I also look at it as more of like nourishment rather than a task so I'm just grateful that I'm able to look back on some of those things that I took for granted and I can appreciate them on a deeper level now and of course last but not least reconnecting and connecting with yourself also includes relaxing so in order to relax you may have to invest in quality furniture or quality bedding. I think that investing in your bedding is probably one of the best things that you can do or investing in your furniture, um, especially if you're working from home and you're going to be sitting down a lot or you're taking Zoom calls, whatever your situation is, investing in, in furniture pieces and having those pieces in your home that bring ease and softness and comfort to you you are so deserving of that and when I say invest automatically I don't want you to think spend 
thousands of dollars. Investing doesn't necessarily mean spending thousands of dollars. You could invest by buying something secondhand, but but buying a really good piece that is going to last you a long time. And I think that instead of looking at it as a waste, think about it. You're going to be living in this home for, for quite some time. You're going to be sleeping in your bed at, for at least six, seven hours a day um, or a night. So it's helpful to have things that will allow you to have, well, to have a good rest and to allow you to wake up feeling rejuvenated. And sometimes we think that these things are unnecessary or frivolous, but they're not. They allow you to bring in softness and ease and comfort into your life. And I'm just here to remind you that you're deserving of that. And last but not least, I want to talk about finding a soft, soft and safe spaces within. So I talk a lot about the home and the home environment and, you know, creating rituals and, and having these moments in your home. And a lot of that is because for a, for many of us, we as adults don't always take the time to think about what our inner child needed in our home. Whether you lived in an apartment your whole life or you lived in a townhouse or you had a huge house, it doesn't really matter about what the container of your home was. It's about how you felt in that home. And this is why I take creating my home as a sanctuary so seriously because I know that for me growing up, I did have a, a beautiful home and my childhood home was a place of a lot of memories. And, you know, I think that there are still moments that I can try to recreate for myself as an adult of things that I wanted to have or didn't have growing up. And I, I want to invite you to ask yourself three questions. Number one, when connecting to your inner child's needs, ask yourself what your what was your home environment like as a child? You know, was was it really cramped? Was it crowded? Was there a lot of clutter? Was it super clean? You know, what kind of behaviors did um, your family have around your home specifically? And then secondly, ask yourself what was missing from that. If it was something that you wanted to have more space in you, you know, your parents weren't able to provide that for you. What can you do now as an adult to, to heal that part of yourself that wanted to have more space? You know, did you wish that you had a pet and you weren't allowed to have a pet um, growing up? Maybe, you know, you're at the age now where you can afford to have a pet. Did you wish that you had a backyard, you know, and you didn't have the space to have that? How can you recreate that? Maybe going to the park for you once a week can be a way to reconnect with your inner child and what your inner child needed in terms of space. So, and lastly, um, what did you want more or less of? Again, because your home environment growing up, most likely you didn't have a lot of influence over how the home was designed or the layout of the home. What did you want more or less of? Did you want to paint your walls pink? Did you want to, you know, um, hang up a bunch of plants around? Whatever it is that you wanted to do, what, what did you need more or less of? Did you need more freedom? Did you need more structure? And think about those patterns, write them down. I encourage you to journal about this because you'll be surprised about how many of those patterns and behaviors from our childhood influence us into 
our big age today, you might be 30 years old and realizing, wow, why do I hate doing laundry? Why do I hate doing this? Why do I hate doing dishes? And maybe it's because you were the oldest sibling and you had to do all of those things all the time and you didn't feel like doing them. So now as an adult, it's an act of resistance for you not to do them. So just taking time to to do a little bit of introspection and and really ask yourself and come from a place of curiosity versus judgment is what I would encourage you to do. Um, secondly, in terms of creating a soft space within, I really encourage you to choose some time to meditate, do some breath work, and after you've asked yourself those questions, allow yourself to really ponder and sit and think about what are those, what those responses feel like for you. I has spent a lot of time doing meditation and breath work. I think the most I spent was during the pandemic two years ago. And when it first started, I was so scared. I had so much fear. I had so much confusion. And the only thing that I could do was try to create a safe space within. I had no idea what was going to happen. We were literally on lockdown so we couldn't go anywhere there was nowhere to turn to and in a city like new york where you spend so much time outside of your home for the first time in my life i had no choice but to sit down and in that sitting space in that time of quiet and just wander i had time to meditate i had time to ask myself what security looked like for me what safety looked like for me what ease looks like for me so having those moments to sit down and really reflect and i know maybe it's been a while for you since you've done that but for me whenever i feel overwhelmed or i just feel unsafe or unsettled or restless i know it's a sign for me to look within and take some time to do some inner work and obviously journaling helps a lot. I've always talked about how much I love to journal, but journaling is a really great practice to get those inside thoughts outside of your head. And of course, therapy, you know, I spent a lot of time in therapy talking about, um, again, creating a safe space in my home and what I wanted it to be. I talked a lot about, you know, what my childhood home was like. And I did a lot of work with my therapist to unpack some of those patterns that I noticed. And last but not least is have fun. Your home is your canvas. So whether, again, you live by yourself or you live with a family member, a partner, whatever it may be, have fun. If you love to play music every Saturday morning before you clean like I do, go ahead and do that. Make a playlist for yourself. Make these rituals fun for you so that you enjoy them and you enjoy the process. I am such a sensual person, so I love having scent sound taste everything lighting i i have my dim lighter i have my my mood lamps um oil diffuser candles incense all of that so that's for me is fun it's self-expression um your home is supposed to be the place that you can always come back to and should be self-expressive so choose things that represent who you are whether you are a super eclectic person that loves to collect random little trinkets here and there from the thrift store the vintage store or you're a super minimalistic person and your entire house is uh beige and off-white whatever it is for you having a home that reflects who you are is such a beautiful practice and it really allows you to take up space within your home and personalize things as much as you can um and last but not least a tip is to be mindful of the energy you let into your home Although, as I mentioned, having connection and hosting and all of these things are such great activities that we can do. Also be mindful of the energy you bring into your home. You know, 
I would hope that the people that come into your home or visit you or hang out with you in your home are people with good intentions and people that want the best for you and don't bring in no evil eye and are just people that are genuinely here to share space with you because sharing space with other people is so healing. But it's also important to remember to be mindful of that energy that you bring into your home. Um, all right. So thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And I hope you come back to this whenever you feel like you're feeling stuck or confused about how to make your home feel more like a sanctuary. Um, remember our living room event is this thursday may 26 in brooklyn so i would absolutely love to see y'all there and stay soft to stay connected join sadie baddies on instagram pinterest twitter and more and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop sending you hella love and stay soft baddie